<laughs> I'm alive, babes. Good. And I stole from you. But you already know this because I told you it as soon as you woke up. I know. I robbed from the one I love the most. <laughs> that's that's funny how you said it, Bubs. Here's what happened. <laughs> you go to bed early last night, and I'm tired, but I decide to continue listening to the book about McDonald's. I think it's called Behind the Golden Arches, mm -hmm. made in 1986. Nice. But eventually, around midnight, I'm getting tired. So I turn off the book. I'm going to get some water before going to bed. Stand up, and I feel really, really dizzy. And I don't, I'm just thinking, well, maybe I just need to walk around a little bit. Go get some water. But I'm still feeling dizzy. I come back in here, lie down. Then I get back up because it's not going away now. And I feel kind of weak, too. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to wake you up because I could hear a little bit of noise that hey. may have been interpreted as snoring. Hey. Okay, hold on. Mm -hmm. But I did want something from the fridge because I'm thinking, well, I'm also feeling weak. I chugged my water down and we had made pizza for dinner last night. Yep. So we bought some pre-sliced pepperoni. Yep. Actually, I bought the pepperoni. By we, I mean you. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's no we. I bought every. I bought all the ingredients hey, except put, for the dough. Hey, who put the dough together? Okay, okay, that's a big part of it, but I bought most of the ingredients. Hey, who added the ingredients to the pizza? Okay, you did. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, we got the pepperoni. Yes. I ate a fair amount of that pepperoni. Yeah. And so first, I only ate a couple slices sat down on your couch and I'm just waiting for a few minutes mm -hmm. to see if that made any difference. And it did a little bit, but I'm still feeling out of it and mm -hmm. I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I ate most of the rest of the uh, <laughs> bag of it. Well, and then um, I decided, why don't we just share the rest of the pepperoni because it's almost gone. And you're like, Oh, I think there's like two pieces. in there. That was this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I have serious, as you know, Sirius Satellite Radio, because mm -hmm. I am a Howard Stern fan, uh -huh. even though his show isn't as good as it was back in the 90s yeah. or when he first went to uh, Satellite. Mm -hmm. But it's still good. It's, you know, he's an older guy now. Anyways, <laughs> I say all that because while I'm on the couch, I'm thinking to myself, I want something to listen to, but I'm tired of watching YouTube videos. Uh -huh. So I turn on one of his stations and they're airing an interview that he did with. Robert Palmer, mm -hmm. when he's promoting the single Addicted to Love. That was way back This was day. in, like, December of 1985. I was just a little one. You were. And you were only almost three. Yeah, but I'm still feeling out of it. Like, I'm listening to the uh -huh. interview, but it's kind of like it's just background noise. It's, it's hard to pay attention. Yeah, because yeah. now I'm thinking, well, I'm dizzy. I don't have a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And that's when I got back up, and I really got into the pepperoni by the way let's make it clear i don't have this habit of just going into your fridge and stealing food no I, no I yeah i know you understand that i just want to make sure that no it's known I, well and then i, I try to be respectful and then i said well the next time you feel a little bit dizzy um just ask me if you want any chocolate because sometimes that does help if you have a little bit of sugar in your system not, mm -hmm. not that you have diabetes but yeah 
I remember um, one time when I got um, uh, heat exhaustion because I went with my high school band and color guard to um, uh, to uh, Wenatchee because we were marching in this parade and it was like 81 degrees okay. in Eastern Washington. They can get pretty hot because we were wearing these um, these uh, uniforms and they were thick uniforms yeah. and they had blue on them. And we had these pl- we had these hats on with plumes on the top of them. So we were kind of, you know, it was hot. Yeah. So me and this one girl were feeling kind of out of it. And I decided to sit down. One of the parents took me and gave me a piece of licorice, which I don't like. But I, but I took the licorice. She put um, a piece of ice um, on the back of my neck, and then she gave me some water to drink, and I was fine. And so she said, "Oh, you know, sometimes all you need is just a little bit of water and sugar, and you'll be okay." I also I didn't tell you this this morning, but I was also a little bit hot for some reason while this was going on. Oh yeah. So who knows what that was about? It's probably just a sign that I have a brain tumor and have like three months left to live, if that. But oh, uh, don't don't act like a hypochondriac, bub. Oh my goodness. I've seen way too many shows about women and men that are total hypochondriacs. Yes. You, uh, well, you could have, you know, you could have um, asked me to put the AC on for you. and. Well, here's, I did put the AC on when I'm outside. Okay. But the, the other thing too is I didn't want to wake you up. So it's not just like I was feeling this way and we're just hanging out in the middle of the day. If that was the case, I would have asked you for something to eat. But you're also like asleep mm-hmm. and I didn't want to interrupt your rest. Oh, okay. Well, I, I would have, I mean, if it was an emergency, I would, you know, I don't care. Just wake me up and you know because you because if I was an emergency and you were close by I yeah. would want you to help me too absolutely yeah I, I mean I, I mean if it's something that I could do to help I mean I don't you know there were times where I got dizzy and I um maybe next time you can think about this too because yeah. I told you this earlier but when you're feeling dizzy make sure you have your water with you yes but also you know put on the AC if you if you wish to Maybe get something a little bit sugary, but uh, lean your head forward for a while and um, so that the blood goes to your head. I, I was just laying down on your couch yeah. trying to figure out, well, why am I feeling this way? And this whole thing took maybe 30 to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit intense. I wasn't scared or anything, mm-hmm. but it was, it was a little bit of something, but it wasn't as, as deep as some people go with this because I've known people who've had really, really, really bad issues with vertigo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it could be a number of issues. You could have been dehydrated, which sometimes it happens to me. That's a possibility. Uh, I mean, I told you about that time. I don't know if I mentioned it here, but my mom, the last time my mom cut my hair and I was standing there and something was going on with me and I felt a little bit dizzy and she just freaked out. She's like, you got to go to the doctor. But what I did was I went on YouTube and I was listening to some health professionals that was taught that were talking about what causes a dizzy spell. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's just some mild issues. Like you might have vertigo and if you have vertigo, go to the doctor. But if you get dizzy and you hit your head or you fall, yeah, that means you really have to go to the hospital because you shouldn't be falling when you're dizzy. You shouldn't they, they get freaked out about stuff like that, I know. About you falling yeah. and hitting your head, potentially. 
Well, I didn't hit my head or fall. No, I know, but I'm saying doctors, if you tell them that. Oh, yeah, they yeah. do. Well, well, that, that's not good because if you hit your head, you could... Cause some You could trauma, give you... Yeah, because I... Brain I, bleeds. You know, concussions. I, I know someone in my family that had several concussions. Mm. I knew somebody in college that had a bad concussion for a while and he had to, um, he had to rest his head. Yeah, I've known a few people like that as well. Yeah. It, w- it was an interesting experience. But I did steal from your fridge. <laughs> but I had that before where I would be lying down and I felt a little bit hot. So I kind of felt like I may have had a fever. And it might just have been like a mild infection because they say that you, you might have an infection that has to go through your body or whatever. And- yeah, it also could have just been dehydration. One yeah. thing I've been more mindful of as I get older is drinking a ton of water. Yeah. But it can still sometimes get away from me. Oh, yeah. I mean... I think once I got this, once I um, started buying water bottles, mm. I've been drinking a lot more water because sometimes it's, it's like the doctors have said before that you should drink six to eight glasses, but I heard that that's not exactly true. I've heard that, yeah, there's a little bit of a misnomer in that. And it, a lot of it depends on body height and weight Yeah, and all that, those different factors. It's, yeah. It's not a one size fits all thing. So. Yeah. But since I've bought water, uh, a water bottle, especially this one, I've been drinking a lot more water. Yeah. It's been, it's help, been helping a lot. Like if I felt like a, the slightest bit of lightheadedness, I'll just drink some water and maybe have something a little with a little bit of sugar in it and I'm, I'm fine. Nice. But my mom, I mean, she'd just freak out because there were, there was one time where we were at the store. We were, we were at a store. I can't remember what store it was. It might have been a Fred Myers or something. Anyway. I was, I must have been in my early 20s at the time, and I asked my mom, can I sit down because I'm feeling a little bit dizzy, and she just freaked out. She's like, what, you're feeling dizzy? What, you're feeling dizzy? And I'm thinking, if I actually fell and hit my head, or if my dizziness caused me to faint in the middle of the um, the store, yeah, then you should really worry. Um or if it's but, happening all the time where you're getting dizzy. No, I, like, I, yeah. We haven't gotten to the point where I'm just saying, oh, these are my spells, you know. No, I no. mean, I'm, it's happened before, but it's not like it happens on a consistent basis. No. You know what I mean? Like, no, I think yeah. the last time it happened was around my birthday, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering right. And I had to sit down in the middle of chopping something up because I was dizzy. And, oh, is that, is that when, when you were here? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I would be hard-pressed to think of a time before then. Like, I'm sure it has happened. I just, yeah. I, w- I would really have to go back and, and, and think about it. Uh, so it's not like this is like an everyday occurrence. No. And if this is happening once or twice around your mom, that's not necessarily a pattern. If it was a pattern, you should probably see it. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it's few and far between. I mean, there were times, there were a couple of times we were cooking and it got really hot in there. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on, I got to sit down. Like, give me about five minutes. And I would just take my water, I would sit there uh, at the table or even on the couch for about five minutes, drink some of that, and I was fine. I just waited for uh, when it when I was ready to um, get up and have more energy. And that happens with everybody who spends a lot of time in the kitchen, or it should because it's a sign that you're pushing yourself. Yep. It shouldn't happen every day, but once in a while, you should feel a little bit too hot. Yeah, I remember, I don't know if I even mentioned it here. What's up? When I took that cooking class three years ago, it was around the winter time, and we were making something with onions, and I forgot what it was, 
and a good friend of ours was showing me how to um, slice onion julienne with a big knife. Yep. And he was very, very good at that. And I said... He's a really good cook, by the way. Yeah, and I said, excuse me for a minute. I have to... Um, I'll be right back. So I had to run really quick to um, the ladies who were there with the water. And I said, can I please have a cup of water? And they gave me a cup of water. And I don't know what it was. It, it was... I was feeling a little bit lightheaded. And I... And it was hot in there because there was more than one person in the room, too. And the, I think the oven was on. Yeah. So I, I really think that that several people have felt that way when it got hot. It was, it's not just me and you. No. It couldn't just be me and you. But I don't have dizziness on a regular basis. I've had it a few times, but it wasn't like overwhelmingly dizzy, like I couldn't do anything. Yeah. It's just that sometimes your body is telling you to slow down sometimes. and oh. Well, in my case, yeah. I was getting ready for bed, so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of think to myself, oh, what if this is the end? And, uh, you know, Alana <laughs> wakes up to a dead body on her couch. Oh, but then I thought, well, that'll be great because it'll save me. It'll save, like, people the trouble of having, having to contact you if I died at my place. I know. I think, like, my mom sometimes. It's a little bit weird. Oh, my God, babes. It was so weird being a kid and getting ready for school my mom calling me into her bedroom and saying what are you gonna do if i die when i'm like 12 that is so dysfunctional i'm sorry i just think it's so dysfunctional for someone to worry like it's one thing if you say something like i had a, a friend of mine at the time who said that her mom would say something like um you know, what are you going to do one day when I'm not here because I'm not going to be here forever? Mm -hmm. That's one thing. It's yeah. Saying, you know, preparing the person for. Um, you should do that a little bit with kids. Yeah, a little bit. But it, it's a difference between that and saying, well, what are you going to do if I die? I don't know who you're going to live with. Oh, my goodness. It's so, that's so or dysfunctional. The other thing my mom would do, babes, is sometimes she'd have to run an errand mm -hmm. or go to work. And as she's leaving, she'd be like, I hope I don't get into a car crash and die. Well, it sounds like she really needed some mental therapy. <laughs> yes. But 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 what's even sad though is that this friend um who is no longer my friend anymore, she was there when her mom did die. Oh. Um they were living together and she was in the room with her and she woke up and her mom was gone and she had to contact everybody. Wait, really she was sleeping in the same room with her mom? Yeah, I don't know what happened prior to that, okay. but she found her her mom there after she woke up. That's odd. I've noticed that women will sleep in the same bed with their mom, though. Like, it's a common thing I've noticed women talking about throughout the year, when they're adults, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get that, but if you want to sleep in the same bed with your parents, who am I to tell you what you're into? I don't exactly like that either, but I don't know. I guess it's common, though, in, in the female world. I... I, 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 well, so I don't have a good relationship with my dad, as we've established many times. No, I don't think so, uh, men usually sleep. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's something I'm unaware of, but I don't think grown men typically sleep in the same bed with their dads. But no, I've talked to no, more than a couple women who say that they do that with their moms. So I, I don't, I don't, I. But your friend did that. Your friend was in the bed with her your mom. When she I died. I can't remember. Yeah, I think that's what I remember. I, I can't ask her now, but yeah, because she's uh, no longer your friend. No, for <laughs> for for silly reasons. But anyway, well, yeah, it's it's. I I don't remember when it was to yeah. be honest, but she was um she was younger, 
And uh, she, I think she was in the same room and in the same bed. Wow. Um, and she was very close to her mom. Um, yeah, physically they were like an inch away. Oh my goodness. Sorry, keep going. Bubs. <laughs> Stop that. Yes. Um. Anyway. If so, I die, I want to be in bed with you. No, I want to die however I die just as long as it's fast. But if I'm in bed with you, you're going to find out sooner. And so there's not going to be like this, uh, you know, waiting time to find out if I'm, you know, why I'm not calling you back or anything. Uh, I wasn't finished with my story. Oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell kind me. of interrupted. Sorry, I didn't know. You want to know what me too is, but keep going. I, I, I will admit that I do sometimes. Yeah. I, I need to work on that. But anyway. Yeah. um, No, but she... I don't remember how old she was. I just remember that they 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 were very close. I I have never met her mom before, but I heard nice things about her, and it was so shocking to hear the story. And and as far as she knew, her mom wasn't sick. It was just I think she died of natural causes. Wow. Yeah, it was really sad, and she was the one that had to contact uh, people about that. Nice. Yeah, it was really sad. Oh. Uh, so, like I said, I was listening to Howard Stern while all of this was going on. Mm -hmm. And it's an older episode, so it's, you know, better, but it's also the 80s. So, it's a, it was still when it, there was a lot more shtick on the show. So, like, Howard would, and, and Jackie and Fred would, like, clap after every answer that uh, Robert Palmer gave. <laughs> what, which, really? Which, Jackie and Fred? Yeah. Jackie and Fred. Oh, you don't listen. Okay, so no. Jackie uh, Martling used to be a comedy writer on the show. Mm -hmm. And he would, uh, you know, tell these jokes. And Fred Norris plays sound effects on the show. And he's oh, still yeah? on the show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, back in the eighties, they did this really annoying thing where they'd clap af after every answer, I guess. Or <laughs> Maybe not on every interview, but a lot of them. Really? They would just applaud? And it's kind of funny at the beginning. And then at a certain point, it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But here's the thing that came up during the Robert Palmer interview. Mm -hmm. Howard asked him, you know, are you married? Do you cheat on your wife? You know, all the typical questions. Mm -hmm. And Robert Palmer made it sound like he was married in a committed relationship. And even I'm thinking, this guy is a big, famous rock star. He's promoting Addicted to Love. I bet the marriage didn't last. So I go on to see if Robert Palmer is still married. He got divorced in 1993. Mm -hmm. But I just assumed that he was still alive. And... Was chilling in some mansion somewhere. But he's been dead since like September of 03. Well, I didn't even know that too until somebody pointed out to me. I'm like, Robert Palmer's been dead when? Yeah. When? I, did, I didn't even know about that. I didn't even hear about it. Um, but apparently he died in... Uh, like a long time ago. A long time ago, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a good 19 years ago. Yeah, it was a heart attack apparently. Wow. Mm -hmm. How so, old was he back then that when he did this interview? It was 85, so I don't remember. I'm sure I read it on Wikipedia last night, but I'm not sure when he was born. Um, but it was, you know, he still had like 17, 18 years of life left in him. Wow. Yeah. And he and he, and he seemed like a nice guy in the interview. He seemed like a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't mind the clapping as much as I did. <laughs> that would be annoying. Yeah. That almost sounds like what would happen at summer camp, except it wasn't. It was. It had to do with clapping too. When somebody would drop a cup, or you know, some kind of yeah, it was a cup. Usually, when somebody would drop a cup 
then you would hear applause from some of the, the campers. Oh, yeah. That's just what you do. That's weird. That's fun. That's that's what you do. When I work. It was weird. I've had jobs where if somebody dropped something, everybody would stop and applaud. Hey, good job, buddy. <laughs> I always thought it was funny, but I thought it was kind of weird, too. Yeah. I I think it's funny. It's it's a nice way to build camaraderie. <laughs> I never got that, though. No, I like it. I can dig it. Did, did they explain to you why they did that? No, we just used to do that. We it was a fun way to make it not such a serious thing. Now I remember when I was a camper for eight years. At were you the, a happy camper? I was a happy camper oh. actually, for the most part, except for the fake meat. But anyway, um, we had these uh, this thing called um, KP duty, which is pretty much a kitchen patrol, and two of the cabins would be in charge of kitchen patrol depending on what day. It was that they were chosen. Yeah. And um, it wasn't too bad. I mean, there were times where I was um, in charge of rinsing the dishes. And it was just a whole uh, team effort. Yeah, so it's just you know, a big volume of things. But it's usually not that difficult. No, but it was it made the job a lot easier. So it didn't feel like just one person was doing it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I liked, um, you know, rinsing the dishes in the soapy water because it's nice and warm. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it was. It wasn't. I mean, I didn't always like to do it, but it was a. It it wasn't that bad because I was around my friends, so it wasn't like, it was the most boring thing ever. Well, good. But then after that, we had um, we had activities and some free time. I think everybody who went to camp hopefully did something like that. Uh I remember outdoor school. Mm -hmm. I worked the kitchen. I think one of the days, but I was just like you know handing stuff to different people. I really liked outdoor school. Like, it's one of those things that you probably can't imagine me enjoying. Yeah. But I thought it was a lot of fun. Did you guys have cabins? Yes, we did. We did. And I heard that they still have it. Mm -hmm. but yeah, I heard, I heard um, advertisements. Yeah. Back in my day, it was five and a half days. Mm -hmm. They've since cut, cut it back to three days. Because oh, a friend that. of mine has a kid who did it in sixth grade just like I did. But uh, he he only went away for three days. Oh, that 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 deserves a week though. Yeah, it's so much fun for mm. kids. I went to a camp in Hawaii for I think it might have been a couple of days. Um, it was okay. I went to that same camp twice. Mm -hmm. I went with um, I went with my school. This is in fifth grade, and then I also went with um before that the year before that a couple of years before I think it was. Um, I went with the YMCA that I was um, a part of uh, for the summer. As you know, I've helped run a couple of different camps. Mm -hmm. Some for teenagers, one for really little kids, but I don't really count that because it was a day thing. Mm -hmm. And a few for adults. And I, I really like doing stuff like that. I The only thing, and this is the caveat, mm -hmm. I don't like dealing with all the people. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because everybody brings their own personality to the table. Uh, the people that you're working with. Yes, and the actual campers. And, and the campers, campers yeah. yeah. Depends on who it is, though. Because mm -hmm. some people are like, they're super nice, they're super friendly, and they just want to have fun at camp. I'll tell you one of the most inspiring things I ever heard. Okay. Okay, I helped organize this living with blindness camp for elderly senior citizens, basically. Mm -hmm. 
And there was a man there who was 90 years old. And, how, and what year was this at the time? It was it was a minute. It was so long ago that my mom was still alive. <laughs> because I thought of my mom when I talked to this guy. Oh, was that the same camp that you went to when you were a teenager? No. Do you, can I tell you the story? Yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. It's the last day of camp, morning, everybody's getting ready to leave. And, you know, I taught mobility mm-hmm. before this. So I, I gave them some pointers but I'm also good in the kitchen, mm-hmm. as you know. So I help them, you know, learn their way around our kitchen and how to prep a meal. Mm-hmm. Basic stuff because they're older, but important nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to this 90-year-old man who is really uh, still together. Mm-hmm. And he Pretty said, sharp, yeah. yeah. And he said, you know, I really want to thank you for these skills. Now I know how to go forward with the rest of my life. Wow. And I thought to myself, wow, this guy at 90 is talking about going forward with the rest of his life. Yeah. And I felt so inspired by that. Go home, talk to my mom on the phone and tell her the story. And she's like, oh, that's nice. Oh, I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell any of your friends that? I don't remember if I did or not. That's nice. I <laughs> <laughs> because I was talking it to her like, hey, a 90-year-old learned something and is that that is really interesting. It was it wasn't to brag on me, it was to brag on him yeah. and to point out that you can be older and still look at it like there's time left. And also too, the older can learn the 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 older people can learn from the younger people. Right. And vice versa. Yep. You learn from him, he learned from you. It sounded like it was uh, a mutual learning experience. He was a really cool guy. Um, how long did he, was it when he lost his vision? I think it was a few years earlier. Uh, it might have been, and I could be remembering this wrong because this was several years ago, but I believe in his case, it was due to immaculate de- degeneration. Macular degeneration. Yeah. yeah that, that, and that's common with older folks. I've been here. you know what? I've been hearing advertisements about macular degeneration and now there's a website for kids to learn about how they can protect their own site nice and um it has activities for kids and their families and um how they can protect their own site from uh, so that they don't get uh, macular de- degeneration yeah and i i thought it was cool because this friend this older guy i almost said friend because i'm dyslexic yeah we don't keep in touch but he learned about it because uh one of his friends told him about it and you know, she was gay, which I, I think came up in the conversation because his I met his friend and she was with her partner oh. or she was talking about her partner. Oh. And I thought, well, that's really cool. It's like not only are you this older guy who wants to live your life, but you're 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 open to different lifestyles, which older people aren't aren't necessarily known for being, even though I've known some super like lefty older people. Um, and that gave me a little bit of hope, hope because I am a, a lefty. And I, I maybe one day I'll be an old lefty. Oh my goodness! Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Uh, I know that sounds like a, a trivial thing, but yeah. Um. So were you? You were still living in Portland at this time. I believe so. Yes, I was. Wow. Yes. No, that would inspire me a lot, actually. Yep. Because if you know, because women, I I can speak for women because we really. <clears throat> some women go a little bit 
above and beyond to keep their youthfulness, whether it's appearance, whether it's whatever it is, whatever you can think of, right? Mm -hmm. So when we get into the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, we're like, oh, you know, are we really that, um, are we attractive? Are we valuable? You know, we think about that stuff. My hair's falling out. I can't hear as well as, you know, as I thought that I could. My muscles are hurting. We think about that stuff. Yeah. And it's it's good to hear that that guy at, at his age is willing to um, uh, to think about it differently and say, you know what, this this is just the beginning. That was powerful. Yeah. I'll tell you a story that you made me think of in relation to women getting older. Uh-huh. I wasn't there for, for this, but I heard about it. Mm-hmm. So in 2003, I'm living in Kona on the big island of Hawaii. And I'm involved with this group called the uh, Life Poet Society. Mm-hmm. And this we did the Poets for Peace and all that stuff. And <laughs> let's be honest, I got into it because my aunt ran it. Yeah. You know, that's so okay. there, there's a bit of nepotism there. But <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Hey, since I'm the one who benefited from it, why should I complain? <laughs> At least you're honest. Yeah. She was telling me a story... About before I joined the group, there were some other people who used to go there. And I'm sure I'm going to butcher the story because I butcher ones that I hear like 10 minutes ago. And I heard this one almost 20 years ago. But here we go. And some guy read a poem about no longer being attracted to his wife because they were both getting older. Mm -hmm. And my aunt said that there was a woman there who was like in her late 60s. -hmm. And was really upset. And she, and the, the lady in her 60s started explaining to this guy, you don't know what it's like to slowly use your beauty. Like you lose it. I, I think I said use this now. And I meant okay, to say lose. That was me. Slowly lose your beauty. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, you, you, it doesn't happen all at once. So you're attractive in your 20s and maybe your 30s. And then slowly over time, this thing that you have starts to go away. And it's really, it can take a lot out of a woman. Um, And again, that's the story that was told to me, but it's always kind of stuck with me. Like, be mindful around older ladies. Yeah, we, we, you know, and I met an older lady when I was going to um, a community college here. I forgot what her name was. But she did tell me one time, she said, don't be afraid of getting older. It's it's a part of life. And it sounded to me, and I had to remember that because it sounded to me like she accepted that she was getting older. Uh-huh. And that she was okay with it because maybe she was told, hey, this is a part of life. This is, um, this is a part of life and you are going to get older, but you're also going to gain uh, wisdom. And when you get older, I don't like getting older. We've had this discussion many times, both on and off of this. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. But you're not even old yet. I know. Yeah. Look, I don't like getting older either. I mean, um, what I think is really frustrating too is the ones who get older, but they haven't, they haven't grown in wisdom. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're just as stupid or unwise as they were when they were in their 20s or even their teens. And it's like they never mature. Yeah. They never mature. My dad's like that. Yeah. They absolutely never mature. And their brain is stuck in, 
you know, at a 16-year-old level. Mm -hmm. They cannot ever, ever change from it. And that's really frustrating to me. But it's the ones that are older that have so much wisdom and they've grown and they've matured. They've improved their sel themselves. It's a... It's inspiring to me. Yeah, because there's old and just you're shut up. You're just complaining all the time and talking about your your stories on TV and not doing anything. But then there's the older people who are kind of cool. And maybe they're not, you know, kicking it at the club every night. But for an older person... You want to be around them. You want to learn from them, but you can also laugh with them. Like my, yeah. my dad's the the type of older person who never grew up, mm -hmm. but my grandfather was the type of older person who grew up, but was still cool enough to where, you know, you could talk to him about stuff. Yeah. I remember when I was on the train and it was around Thanksgiving, this was like, Maybe two or three years before I met you, I, I, I'm I'm not remembering exactly what year it was. Yeah. But we talked the whole time, and she was telling me that she was employed by a blind guy, mm. and she just lost her husband. Her her husband was a devout Mormon. Um, she was telling me about the things that she made for her kids. Yeah. Um, I she was talking to me about who was going to pick her up for Thanksgiving. She was a really cool lady, I and mean, I never got tired talking to her. She just sat next to me, and we just started talking. And I was like, "This is almost like I'm talking to a grandma," you know. But but she was she was really interesting. My mom had a friend from the south who was maybe yeah. yes, maybe twenty five years older than my mom. And, you know, I remember meeting her the first couple of times and thinking, oh, she's obviously a conservative redneck because she's from Texas. And I remember one time in the late 90s, I go over to her place. She offers me a joint. And then she starts talking to me about art and explaining to me about these paintings on her wall and how she got into them. And I thought, oh, that's actually really cool. And I tell my mom this and I'm like, you know, I just assumed that she was this redneck because she was from Texas and older. And she's like, I know why you would assume that because of the accent, but she's really cool once you get to know her. And then a few years after that, she invited me over to her place because she had gotten the Up and Smoke DVD. Which was basically, you know, the whole story with that. You told me about it many times. That was, yeah, the tour that Snoop and Dre did back in 2000. Oh, I thought you were talking about, uh, okay, I heard about that, but I also thought you were talking about the Cheech and Chong movie. Okay, no, it's not the movie. It's, they released a DVD from the tour and she invited me over to watch that. And I dropped something off at her place one day and she was watching Democracy Now!, and she's the woman who turned me on to Democracy Now. And so it's like I got to see that she was cool in these ways. And then I also got to see that she knew what she was talking about politically. Um, and and one of the last times I saw her, she came over to give me a, a present, which was a statue of the Buddha, because she knew I was in a meditation. And she went to church. She was into Jesus. But she told me one day, hey, I know, you know, you may think because I'm into Jesus, I don't get these other religions. But he said, the way my church teaches it, Jesus is our path to enlightenment. But it doesn't mean that you can't find other paths. It's not the uh, only way. When does and, hold, yes, he was a lib. But my point is, 
she was a really good example to me that you can be old and still be with it. Like her and my grandfather were great examples of that to me. And my grandfather's, you know, wife also. So there's some great examples of older people out there. Yeah. I don't think an older person has to be a liberal to be cool. I've, I've met some, some ones that are actually um, may not have the same political views as you do, but they're just as cool as any liberal old person could be. Interesting. Well, let me ask you this. Have you met any older liberals who you thought were cool? Um, I didn't really, you know what? I didn't really get into conversations with that, them about that. Okay. Um, I, and I haven't been around a lot of older liberals. I'm not saying that they're not, but I haven't had a lot of conversations with people about their own politics. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, not, not with, uh, strangers because I think it's, a. Uh, you know, it can get very touchy, and I don't like to talk about that when I first meet somebody. And there are also older liberals who try to pander, and I'll give you an example of this. Okay. This was back in 2008 when Barack Obama was running for president. Yeah. Now, he's conservative now, but at the time he was selling— No, he's not. At the time he was selling no, himself— No, he's not conservative. He's anything but that. Okay, at the time he was selling himself as a lib— He's not and conservative. We could, anyway, go on. Go I on. could break it down to you. Go on, go but I won't. on. Go I'll on. spare you that lecture. You, you all, you, you, you tried to do it and it didn't fly. I blame the listener. <sighs> Hold on, but and and I never brought the about the propaganda of Barack Obama is this hardcore lefty. I never did. To my credit, I got a lot of things wrong, but I, I, I knew from day one he was he was posturing. But anyways. This was back when most people who were liberal could justify saying that Barack Obama was their man. And I'm on the light rail in Denver. This was either right before or right after the Democratic National Convention, which was in Denver that year. Mm -hmm. And this old guy is talking to this younger guy about why he supported Obama. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like the old guy was just reading a uh, a, a list of top talking points and a script. So there are older liberals who aren't cool either. But for the most part, I've had good uh, success with talking to them. Older liberals. Yeah, I, I tend not to go into politics with strangers. Yeah, it's I tend not, not to either. It's just not, I mean, I, I, I don't really care, to be honest, unless it, it's brought up. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. And there are also people... It, who aren't like us who are into politics but they also just realize it's one aspect of their lives but i mean there there are some people that i've met that are older than me maybe like 10 years or even more than that yeah that are for um uh that that are um that are with me when it comes to freedom and and things and liberty and things like that but there are some things that i wouldn't be into with them yeah, people are, are complicated. Yeah, they are. They can have very diametrically opposed views. Yeah, but 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 you can find I mean there are there are older people I've met that may uh lean a little bit more to the left or maybe they didn't support my candidate or whatever. Yeah. But we can find uh common ground and that's why I, I truly believe that um I don't think that politics should be the end of uh, the end uh, excuse me. I don't think that you should that people should use politics to end a friendship or or whatever kind of relationship, family and, relationship. And by the same token, I've also are know Trump supporters who are liberal on other stuff. I've known Trump supporters who are for gay rights and for the legalization of psychedelics. I don't personally get it, but it goes to show you that people yeah. can be 
you know, complex as yeah, we all I, are. I don't, I don't get it either. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to people that may not have supported Trump either. Um, but I would agree with them on something like not getting, um, opting out of, um, certain medical procedures. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, um, I don't want to be forced to have a medical procedure if I don't want one. And it's always more interesting when you talk to somebody who lives in that gray area where they, they are, they're the Trump supporter who has gay friends and wants their gay friends to succeed, or they're the Trump supporter who uh, wants mushrooms legalized. Which I never got. And I never met, I never met a supporter like that, but I know a couple actually. That doesn't mean that, um, that there are, supporters like that which i th- i think is really weird but i do yeah. too but they're the people who are interesting to talk to because they don't just fall on like the political uh, you know the they're they're hardcore republican or they're they're super lefty they fall somewhere in the middle and i find that more interesting cuz that's how i am i even i'm not a trump supporter but I, I, and I'm for gay marriage and, you know, psychedelics and all that stuff, but I have some. You also don't think that Trump supporters should die either. No, no, I don't. And, and I, and I have some conservative views and I, that's why I think I'm attracted to like the gray area so much. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people that are, that are like in the middle because I don't quite understand it, Mm. but that doesn't mean that I can't get along with any of them either. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there, I don't. Yeah, I, I I haven't met a whole lot of them, but well, good. They're, I'm sure that I can get along with. You know, we could find um common ground without um having a shouting match. <laughs> yeah, and but the ones that the ones that really frustrate me, Bubs, mm-hmm. are the ones that are so um they're so unwilling to listen to different ideas from somebody else that they're they're only way of attacking them is attacking people's character. And I kind of blame TV for this. Yeah. Well, the internet too, but TV was first in the sense of, obviously I'm not going to watch a lot of Fox news or Newsmax, but also the same. They're not the only networks, by the way. There's yeah, I'm sure there's others, but you know what I mean? They're the most popular on that side, but I also, they're not actually, Oh, they're not the most popular. No, a lot of conservatives have left both networks. But I would say the Fox News as far watching, as, as ratings goes. Their, um, I don't know about that. I think they're plummeting, to be honest. Okay, I don't know the numbers. But what I'm trying to say is it also goes with MSNBC. When you tune into any of these talking head channels, almost always you're either going to hear people either agreeing with each other 100% of the time or you're going to hear some sort of a shouting match. And... That's why I think podcasts are so good is because you can hear people. Sometimes it'll get a little bit out of hand, but oftentimes you'll hear intelligent people just having discussions with each other. And that's I, I prefer that a lot more than just people yelling back and forth. It's it's like um I was watching TYT the other day. Of course. Well, hold on. I was getting really excited because Anna was going to debate Dennis Prager on the air. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Prager is this old conservative talk show host. Out of L.A. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm i familiar with Dennis Prager. Not a fan, but I was interested. And I love Anna. I do. But she loses me on some things. And I felt like she was going in a little bit too hardcore with, with Dennis Prager. And but Dennis I, wasn't... So Dennis wasn't arguing with her. She was arguing with him? Yeah, honestly, 
I'm not a Dennis Prager fan, but I thought that he came off a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame because I felt if she was just gave him a little bit more breathing room, it would have been much more of an interesting conversation. I, now, I know that you don't know much about Dennis Prager, but I have heard him interview people on his show. I've had heard him uh, be interviewed and he's not the kind of person that would just talk over somebody. Yeah. And I thought Anna made better points, but the way she expressed them was what I had the issue with. Yeah. But but there but there uh, you would agree that there are some people that once they know that their argument isn't isn't holding, yeah, they'll start to att- attack the person's character. Yeah, I don't think that and, was the case with her. No, no, no. But no, I hear no, what you're saying. No, not not with her. I mean, it may not be with her, but you're talking in general. In general, yeah. The the people that really frustrate me are the ones that are not even going to listen to your idea. They're going to say, "Oh, well, you're this because you support so and so." It doesn't even matter who who it is. Yeah, and it's like. It's like, come on, you, you know, I gave you the, or, or, or you gave somebody the fair, um, the, the, excuse me, the benefit of the doubt by listening to their idea. Yeah. Even if you didn't like it, even if you were just, you know, I, I can't believe this person. Exactly. But to go and attack their character like that, I think is so childish. Yeah. If you want to, by, by the way, I've seen Anna debate people and do a lot better job. If you want a good example of her doing a great job debating somebody. I I really like the way she handled Ann Coulter when they had a debate at Politico. And I'm not a fan of Ann Coulter. When we met you were. Not exactly. I, I wasn't too sure about her. I I kind of thought she was one of these like um pseudo conservatives, if that, if that makes any sense. Oh, I, I do remember when we, we met and you said that you wanted to read some books from her. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I never said that, did I? Yes, you did. I re- and I'm not just making this up. I do remember I, saying I, that. I thought I, maybe I was thinking about it, but I don't remember. I, I'm not really like a super fan of hers. Nice. I kind of, I'm kind of thinking that maybe she's one of those like pseudo conservatives who says that she's conservative, but it's, it's only for um, accolades or whatever. Uh-oh. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I mean, I kind of, I kind of think she's one of one of the uh, one of those like talking heads who looks good on the outside, but bad faith actor, something like that. Oh, if that makes any the sense. The litmus test keeps changing. The AJ, whoa, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Today it's you know, but but I honestly do not remember me saying that I wanted to read oh, yeah. books. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I and I got cringed when I heard that, so that's how I remember that. Because I was like, ooh. I don't think it was her. I wasn't really interested in reading any of No, you told me. So I, I can almost tell you the exact time when it was. We were hanging out at the burger place back when I was a vegetarian. And I was asking <laughs> you your news sources. And you're like, a friend of mine will sometimes call and he'll get me this, you know, Fox News. And then I said, is there any book? And I'm already going cringe. Is there any books from any political uh, insiders you want to read or writers or however I phrase it? And you said, I got to read your man call it to a young time. No, I never, I don't remember saying yeah, that Yeah, I at remember all. that specifically. I do not remember saying that at all. And you can't really prove that I did. I'm telling you what I remember. And I remember I, thinking to myself, I got to get you some Noam Chomsky. Or Noam. 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 Noam Chomsky. Oh my goodness, Chomsky's good. Yeah. But anyway, um, I, I have since changed my view on Ann Coulter, so yes. I don't think I'll be reading any books from her. Oh, yep. Yeah. Well, 
I never liked your babes. I like that she's anti-Trump now, but, um, you know, you, you took I, a I while. Just, I, I just didn't under. I, I, I wasn't like a super fan. Nice. But you're like, you like it when anybody's anti-Trump. Yeah, but there are people who are pro-Trump that I think make interesting points, even if I don't agree with them. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's good. Uh, at least you have some nuance. Yeah, I, 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 and it, again, there's a difference between agreeing with somebody mm-hmm. and maybe understanding where they come from. The thing I have an issue with on both sides is bad faith actors. And I know that term can be like loaded because I think Alex Jones uses it too much. But the idea of somebody just having a political view because they think it's the thing to do, but it's never examined. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I, 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 I'm with you on that one. I have massive disagreements with my friends who are Trump fans, but if I think that it's in good faith, like there's some logic behind it. Like there's, they're actually sincere about it. Yeah. Even yeah. if I might think their arguments are a little bit silly, if if they sound well thought out, then it's like, okay, I get it. It's not my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember um, I'm going to get, I'm going to um, sort of uh, reference the chat line a little bit. Yeah. I remember where I got into this, um, conversation with a guy who didn't agree with me politically but he said you know the reason why i wanted to talk to you about this is because even if i didn't agree with you you seem very sincere about it yeah and that's that is a good thing and they said yes i'm very sincere about it i'm very passionate about what i think and believe and um we were talking about a certain person on the line that i don't like go ahead and and i was explaining to him why i thought he was a coward and I said, this is why I think he's a coward. Every time I've asked him for for uh, proof that what I said was wrong, he never gave me proof. He never gave me sources. All he did was attack my character. And he makes it personal all the time. Yeah, that's not a good look. And, no, it isn't. But it's like, so I have Trump fans who I respect, even if I disagree with them. But then there's other people in my life. Mm-hmm. I know I've said this before, but I have one relative who is always on Facebook, showed the birth certificate. Uh, where's the birth certificate for Obama? It's either that or Trump is the new God. And if you try to pro, uh, point out to me, I never went that, that yeah, far, but you know that there are people who do stuff like that and, and, and it's not worded like that, but it's worded to where you can read between the lines. I, and yeah. if you try to question something that Trump did, it's always the devil is making you think this way. And that's where you lose me. So there are, all that to I, say, I am going to say this. Yeah. Okay. The people who are higher ups that uh, have been just out to get Trump for whatever it is, I'm I'm talking about the political higher ups. Paul, I do think that they're being influenced by the devil, but but um, I wouldn't go on Facebook and say that everybody who feels this way then you know i i wouldn't go so far as to say that without any explanation and i would say that i don't believe in a devil uh but if there is a devil he's probably a trump fan but no, i don't know that for sure no, no. and we can move off of this no place. no no i should give you a lesson on the devil and i would i would uh i would um also say that he influences he influences uh, he still influences the culture and it doesn't always have to be about politics yeah no and that's the other thing we fight over politics but the real people who run this country excuse me like uh the rockefellers and 
and and uh, you know the people who own all these media outlets. The Bilde- well, there's also the Bilderbergs. There's the Bilderbergs, but there's so many others. Yeah, they don't really care who gets in the office. I mean, it, it, it's important, but it's not the most important thing on their agenda. So why should we fight over politics when they're, you know, trying to make these these shady moves where it doesn't really matter who the president is? Yeah, some of them are definitely doing that. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Um. But I don't believe in the devil. Oh, you should. Oh. Oh, you should. But that's another lesson from their time. I mean, I did, but then my ex-wife passed away, so oh, she's no longer here to... goodness. You weren't even male I know. That's a joke, babes. But uh, who, who told you that joke? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, it's me butchering an old joke, I'm sure. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyway. Yeah. Let's move on. Does the devil have a soulmate? No. Okay. There's not they a... Ha- he has angels. He has... Uh, which which are basically demons. There's not a Mrs. Satan out there? No, loves. Mm. Okay. You're mocking. <laughs> I... Uh, you're mocking. Okay, I love you, AJ. Well, mocking, give me a kiss. No. Why not? I don't kiss mocking boys. Neither do I. Give mm, me a kiss. No. Yeah, come Why? on. Why? Because you need one. I, I I'm g- doing I, this for you, babe. I give you one earlier. Okay, well, I'm giving mm. you one now. Mm. 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 Oh, my goodness. Stop oh. it. Bubs. <laughs> you. Right. Did I, I, and I told you that uh, the devil thing, uh, we don't have to go on with the devil anymore. What? Uh, I was going to tell you another thing where somebody said, oh, that's just the devil. But it's not a political thing. Oh. But we could, you know, go on and on. Well, I I, I don't like when people... Just blame the devil for everything. Well, well, I, I think that there is truth to that. But I also think that they shouldn't blame the devil for things that they did because they made the, their own choice. Yeah. And yeah, the, the devil can influence people. But if you let if you let the devil influence you, he can influence you. But... Ultimately, you made a choice to do something bad. And, you shouldn't have done. And that. also, if there is a devil and there's a god that loves everybody, who's all powerful, who's letting the devil do all this stuff to people? The, and, the people are people are making that choice. God's not making it. No. God. No. Let, listen. Listen. Let, let me. Let me. Let me explain this to you. All right. God created the angel Lucifer, who became the devil, because Lucifer rebelled against god and wanted to be like the most high that wasn't god's fault that was his doing he wanted to step out and be like god and so he was cast down from his he was cast down from his position and he was cast out of heaven but he could still roam heaven and earth okay i don't know enough about theology but you also believe that God is the most powerful thing in the universe. Absolutely. And so God could easily stop the devil and his yes, shoes not Yes, but there's to. a reason why he isn't stopping him now because f- uh, prophecy has to be fulfilled. And I don't, I don't want to get into Revelation yeah. right now because we need to talk about other stuff. Yeah, and, and somebody could change their prophecy, but... Ugh. What? You're mocking again, Bubs. No, I'm not. I'm saying, why Why does? Why didn't God do a different prophecy? Well, Bubs, that's not how he works. There's there's some things that need to happen before the devil is no longer able to deceive anyone. Oh. <laughs> now, let's move on. You <laughs> Now, let's move on. Oh, tickle. Ah, 
You keep up. Uh, God loves people, but he wants some of them. And that's no. why I mean that um, All right, give me a kiss. much studying is required. But All right, give me a kiss. No. Yeah, give me a kiss. No, don't take that. That's the book quarter. Oh, it's just like my iPad. Yeah, give me a kiss. Mm. Bubs. What? You be good, boy. I always am, babes. Okay. Well, I, I, I'll i just say, before we move on, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad I didn't have to call the ambulance. Yes. And uh, that's happened to me a few times, but it wasn't like so many times where I had to be hospitalized or anything. You know what story I'm thinking of from my childhood, babes? And okay. I'm not even sure you know this one. Okay. It's a Friday night, mm -hmm. and I'm guessing I was around nine. Okay. Now, my mom usually worked Friday nights because she was a nurse's aide at the time. Yeah. And she went down to a phone booth because, of course, we didn't have a phone at this time. Wow. And she called in sick. Okay. She comes back and she's like, I'm really not feeling well. And she keeps saying this. Now, we're at like 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. My sister says, well, mom, if you're not feeling well, we should probably go to the hospital because I can't drive and we don't have a phone here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, 10 o'clock at night, somewhere around there, we get in the car and we go to a free clinic because we did not grow up with cash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. So, that was, like, a, um, that was kind of, like, an emergency, um, an yeah. ur urgent care, right? So, we go there, and I can't get this out of my head. We're there for a few hours. There's a lot of different people there. And I remember at one point hearing an elderly lady scream, get your hands off of me. I'm a mother. Yeah. I believe she's talking to the doctor. Yeah. And that's always stuck with me for some reason. Wow. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but where were her kids? I don't know. I think she's probably a crazy lady. She might have been a crazy lady. Yeah, but still, that was like uh, very powerful. There was a above. I got to tell you something and then we should talk. We should get off of the hospital visit or okay. whatever. When I was in the hospital in 2008, there was a guy that was freaking out for whatever reason. And, and I was in the um, uh, emergency care unit or whatever yeah. you call it. And this is before I went to um, upstairs to oncology. Mm -hmm. And this guy was, was just freaking out and he took out his IV and it freaked out the doctors and the Ooh. nurses. The, the doctor and the nurse is like, no, sir, you have to keep your IV in. I'm going to put one another IV in him, in, in you. And and I think he had some dementia or something. Oh, that's tough. It is tough. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long he was there, but he was just freaking out. And Yeah, and it's hard to communicate with people who, depending on their stage of dementia. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, now, the, the woman I told you about who died in 2017, the one who just lost her husband. Mm -hmm. Luckily, she wasn't so far into her dementia, but number one, she shouldn't have been driving. And her dementia was slowly happening when her husband was alive, but her husband was in denial. And I'm thankful that she died not that long after she started getting dementia. I do not want dementia. Give me death over dementia. Well, you could prevent it, Bob. I could. You could prevent it. You don't have to have it. Nice. It doesn't have to be a death sentence. You could actually prevent it i'm sure well good but if if for whatever reason i'm too late and i get dementia i want you to uh take a knife and no i'm not gonna do that bubs i'm not gonna cut your head off no what, what i want you to do is when i'm asleep 
Take a knife and cut one of my arteries. No, I can't. I, no, I don't even know where it is. It's like right around my neck area, like right around. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Why not? I, I'm not going to be the one to kill you, Bubs. Mm. I can't do that. Why? Yeah, you can't. No, I don't, Bubs. I don't have the heart to do it. Oh, so you'd rather me live in the state to where I don't know where I am. I, I'm and... not going to be, like I said, Bubs, I'm not going to be the one to kill you. Okay. You're going to have to uh, find another person that will be able to do it. I got a dumb question for you and you oh. probably don't know the answer to it. What? It's not a hypothetical. Okay. We have doctor assistant suicide in Oregon, but I know that there are a couple of rules. I'm pretty sure you can't uh participate in that if you have dementia so like if i get the diagnosis from my doctor could i just say hey i want to go out through doctor assistant suicide or is that illegal i'm pretty sure it's still even, illegal i don't even know you have to talk to a doctor about that and i'm i personally would not be for it mm. no oh i i um i couldn't i couldn't no i i, I just couldn't i just could not uh support that wow Hey, if I care, if I actually care about human life, then I would also care about how um, how somebody died. But. Yeah, but you should also care about the quality of that human's life, too. Yeah, but I don't think that a, a doctor-assisted suicide should be your only um, choice, either. It would be great if we lived in a society where it wasn't, but, you know. It shouldn't be the only choice. Okay. Sometimes. What? <laughs> yeah, it's it's either that or, or just like being confused all well, the time. Well, that's why I said that you could. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Tickle twill. Give me kiss then. No. Yeah, or the oh. truce isn't real. Oh. <laughs> give me a wheel kiss or the truce isn't real. Stop me, it. I'll bite your nose. No, you give me a wheel kiss <laughs> okay. or the truce isn't real. Mmm. <laughs> Bubs. Sorry, babe. Would you stop know. making those faces. Sorry. What I'm saying is, is um, um, I personally think that now we have so many different. Now that uh, people are um are talking about dementia and Alzheimer's, I I'm sure that there are ways to prevent it so that you don't you don't die with it. Right, but what I'm saying is, if for some reason that doesn't work on me and I get it. I want to go out quick. Well, I'm not going to be the one to kill you, bud. Right, but you got to support my decision. Oh. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, either that or you got to be the one, my primary care provider, and make sure I get all my medicine, my Robitussin in the morning. Robitussin? Yep, and you got to... Robitussin is a cough medicine. Well, it also is used uh, for Alzheimer's now. It just came out. It just came out today. No, it didn't. Okay. But also, people <laughs> with... Maybe. Yeah, and also people with Alzheimer's, babes, they get really violent sometimes. So, like, if I... And I'm, and I'm not doing this unless I actually get Alzheimer's disease. But you got to be ready and take in case I like take some swings at you or something. Um, so think about that. Oh my goodness! No, seriously, there are people. No, with, I understand. Some yeah. people get really violent if they don't get their way or if they don't they they can't find their stuff mm -hmm. or um, just or or if they don't even remember you. I yep. mean, they can get really violent, and that's a little scary. Yep, I could get violent with you, babes, when I get. Dementia. I don't want to get dementia. Well, then I think there's a way to prevent it, Bubs. Well, but if we if we're not successful at that, Bubs. All right, I'm, stop it. I'm sure this I'm not. This is a very depressing conversation, okay. and I really think we should move on. Bubs. We should, babes. We should. Mm. Um, but first, your man Glenn Campbell. 
Yeah. We saw that documentary separately, and we're yeah. not watching it again no, together that, that because it's too sad. sad. It's and so sad. I can't deal with dementia stuff usually, but his wife got uh, beat by him a couple of times after he got dementia. And because I remember I was reading an article about it after I saw the movie. And I remember it was interesting because he was being interviewed by, uh, or he was being asked by a doctor, hey, um, when, you know, what year are you, what year is this? Yeah, and or, he didn't know. And he said, well, is it because you don't know or is it because you, you choose, you know, it's not important to you? And he's like, oh, I, sometimes I just think it's not important, so I don't remember it. Oh, my goodness. Or whatever it was. And he was showing him a scan of his brain and that there were areas that were affected by the de- um, the dementia. Yeah. And then there were times where he would be performing and they decided, well, why don't we, you know, just let him do it, do a song a second time because he can't remember it. And it was it was very um, disturbing and also really heartbreaking. Yeah, but that's why I don't want to go out like, like uh, Glenn Campbell. Yeah, and then his daughter, I think she was speaking in front of uh, Congress, I think it was. Yeah, we talked about that here. That was really, that was really sad. Yeah. And she wasn't very old either. She was no. a younger, she was a young lady. And Good. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah, and the point wasn't to like recount everything from the documentary. It was just to give an example of, I don't want to be like Glenn Campbell when I get old. Yeah, yeah. So I, I met a guy who clearly was suffering from dementia and there are times where he would make up stories like, you know, I got to visit my daughters. Oh. The only problem is that he didn't have any daughters and he never got married. Didn't they do something about uh, Alzheimer's disease on uh, Full House? We're like DJ volunteers at some old folks home. That was Stephanie. Takes, or Stephanie. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was DJ. Yeah. yeah. And she takes some old dude home and he thinks that she's his daughter or something. Yeah. He says, Gloria... You, you, you got to get up now. And, and, um, I thought you, I think he was saying, he was calling her Gloria and saying, oh, you got to watch some Howdy Doody. And she's like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? His name was uh, Mr. Duncan. Nice. And I only saw the episode once when I was a little They bit. also, um, they also, um, talk about dementia in the Golden Girls, too. And I bet they a, do because, like, half of them, those ladies had it, right? No. Okay. Bubs. What happened? It was before. This was pre um, Estelle Getty's dementia. Okay, and um, they 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 kind they touch on it when he meets this this she meets this guy at on the boardwalk whose name was Alvin. Hey, what were the chipmunks? Oh, hey, where's Dave? And um, hey, where's Dave? He was acting really weird the day after, and, and okay. they were just arguing and um. There was one time where he just got so upset that he started crying. And she's like, it's okay. You just cry. I'm sorry about that. And and he just, because he didn't understand why his mind was yeah doing that to him. And then Dorothy talks to his daughter and says, you know, he sometimes he has his good days. And, you know, he's not, and, he, and she had to tell Sophia that he's not going to get over this. It's a permanent thing for him. Oh, he's yeah. You, you would think that Sophia would already know about dementia though. But Bubs, what? She wasn't even that old yet. No, but but come she on. didn't know she was gonna get it. No, but you would think that she would know that other people get it, and she wouldn't have to have it explained to her. But this what was, dementia is. Yeah, but Bubs, 
this is in the 80s. Okay, I would make the argument. Let's think of a movie like um, Gone with the Wind where Homegirl's dad goes crazy from dementia. Scarlet's dad? Yeah. So, okay, maybe they call it, maybe they didn't call it a dementia. Maybe they called it something else back then. But they still had it. You know. They didn't know what it was, though. Okay, but sure. they had a vague idea what it was. And they could have... You know, you would assume that Sophia would have known other people with it or she's getting old or she would have read books about it or watched some TV shows. Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't have had to have her daughter teach her about it. Who was like 90 herself. Oh, my goodness. I love B. Arthur, but she was kind of older at the time, too. She was in her, um, I think she might have been in her 50s or 60s. Wow. All those ladies were old. Yeah. But I think I think in real life Sophia was a little bit younger than B. Arthur. Or I'm sorry, Estelle Getty was younger than B. Arthur. No, I think she was older. But not by a whole lot, but she was. I think, but they weren't they weren't um she wasn't in her eighties yet. Yeah. She's interesting. I I I think that Estelle Getty is interesting because she didn't even start acting until she was in her sixties. I remember that AIDS episode. When um, Rose thought that she could have been infected. Yeah, I never saw that, but you talked about it before. Yeah, I was. And um, she would put R's on cups in the show anyway. <laughs> but you said that she was working with people that had AIDS, right? Here's what happened. I think I said this here, so I'll make it quick. Yeah. When Estelle Getty got into acting, she knew a lot of gay people who were in the theater and in her own personal life. So she was like one of the early older people who was like cool with gay culture, which a lot of people don't know about her. But this was in like the set late 70s, early 80s. So she knew a lot of people that she was friends with who died of AIDS. It's still Getty did early, early on. Wow. Yeah. Um, so she knew about it way before Ronald Reagan mentioned it in his speech. Ronald Reagan, babes. Oh, are didn't, we going to go here? Didn't even bother mention. Okay, Bubs. I thought we were over politics. We are. He was an actor. Ah! What's that? What? Love. Even, even Killer Mike said Oh, okay. I don't Ronald care. Ronald Reagan was I, I... an actor, not a real actor. Bubs. <laughs> hey, why are you <laughs> standing up? <laughs> Just to say to this country's real masters. Oh, yeah, Bubs. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's enough. That's enough. We, we, we spent like, I don't know, like, like almost an hour on politics okay. already. Okay, okay, you did. You did. Okay, go ahead. You would get. You did. And give me a kiss because you started to tickle wool, babes. Mm. Hey. You started it, babes, so mm, give me a kiss. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. okay. Mm. My goodness. My badness. I what love am I going to do with Going to love me, babes. I do already. Oh, good. Uh, yes. Sometimes I wonder. Though. I mean. Oh, wait, yeah. Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> oh, well. Yes. Jeez. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Bubs. I kid. I okay, kid. Okay, very good. Very good. Babes? Yeah. We made some pizza last night. It was really good. I, I think that you're really improving on your dough. And yes. I'm not just saying that because you're my boyfriend. Yeah. I really think that you do such a good job with your dough. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to make some uh, garlic knots with you, which you don't remember that we did, but I believe we did do that. Nice. Yeah. I saw another recipe for it this week that I'm going to watch again before we break out the bread. Okay. Yeah. And I did buy some fresh rosemary and thyme and parsley. Yes. For this occasion. And we have butter. We have butter. We also have parmesan. We have some uh, fresh parmesan. Yes. 
And we also have some extra cheddar cheese. Nice. So it's going to be some cheesy garlic nuts. These are going to be off the heezy, y'all. Extra cheesy. Yes. You can make my Snoop Deezy. Got then that Warren G song where it's like, Snoop Deezy gots to make gots to make it easy, and you can make mine extra cheesy. Oh, I You know that song from the Warren G. Um, it's a song. Da -da 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 -da, you can holler at my dogs, holler at my dogs. I think Exhibit is on the track too. Dun, okay, dun. I keep thinking it's um, you know that song. You don't see what I see every day as Warren G. No, that's oh, a that good song one. too. Yeah, Warren G. is gonna be uh with. Ice Cube, apparently, next week at Moda Center. Oh, wow. On Saturday. Oh. Yeah. Are you going to go? I've thought about it, but who would I go with? My J-Wo doesn't want to see Ice Cube. I'm not really reason. an Ice Cube person, to tell you the truth. I'm, I'm, uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't mind if you go alone. Well, I might have to, just so I can see Wo and G. Okay. Yes. Wo see him regulate without Nate. I know. It's going to be tough, isn't it? Oh, I can't believe Nate's dead. I couldn't. I didn't even know that he was dead until he told me that he was. I'm surprised because he'd been dead <laughs> for a minute before we even started dating. I didn't even know about that, but yeah. I don't keep up with the rap world as much as you do. That's okay. Anyways, cheese bread is coming, y'all. Cheese garlic nuts. Yes. nuts. But after we made our pizza, J-Lo? Yep. We watched a movie starring Gene Hackman. We're also going to have adobo with our stuff. I just, just forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But that's later tonight. Yesterday. Yes. Last night, rather. We watched a Gene Hackman movie from the 70s called Night Moves. Yeah, it was interesting. You want me to give the overcap? Yes. Recap? Yes. Go ahead. I'll make this super quick. Okay. Gene is a detective. What's his name? Do you remember? Harry Mosby. who's And he's married to Susan Clark, um, who played Ellen Mosby. Harry Mosby married to Ellen Mosby. And he's good at his job. He's an ex-football player. And he has some issues with his personal life. Mm -hmm. He gets hired to track down the daughter of this like rich lady who I think used to be in at cinema films. Arlene films. Iverson. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile... He tracks his wife down and finds out that she's cheating on him. And he confronts the um, the the guy that she's having an affair with. He does? Yeah, he does. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. He goes over to the dude's house. Yeah, this is later in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over there. Okay. He does some research, finds out that the girl he's hired to track down is living with her stepfather and his new wife. Yep. Travels to Florida, gets her... Ends up kind of uh, having some stuff happen with uh, the stepmom. Stepmommy. The Paula. Yep, yeah. Paula. Uh, which I thought she was played by Jane Fonda. Her voice did sound similar. Yeah. But apparently it's not her. Not her, yeah. Jean takes the girl back to her mama. Doesn't realize what kind of an environment the mom is living in. And, and yeah. who's Quentin? Well, I thought I was giving the recap. Go on, go on, go on. I'm asking questions. Here. Okay. Quentin is a guy that your girl was involved with, the, the daughter. Yeah. And the mom was suspicious about him for a while. Quentin works on movie sets. So does Jean. I mean, sorry, what's the girl's name? Uh, Her name is, they call her Deli for short. Deli. She's not new, so don't 
to think that she's from oh, India. Oh my goodness. Okay. She doesn't work at a deli either. No, no. And they since changed the name from New Delhi to just Delhi. Oh jeez. Because it's no no, it's seriously. That was a while ago. No, her no, it was sure for Delilah. No, but in the country India, New Delhi is now just Delhi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, are you confusing me, babes? No, you're confusing okay. me. Okay. Delhi calls Gene Hackman Harry and says, I need to talk to you about something. But she dies before he can get back to her. Yeah. There was an accident on the set of the movie. Harry realizes that Quentin is guilty. Mm -hmm. Goes back to Florida to talk to the stepmommy and stepdaddy. <laughs> and gets in a fight with stepdaddy. Yep. Goes on a boat with uh, the stepmom. Uh-huh. They find out, I think that Quentin and, and uh, the, the stepdad were working together to smuggle stuff into this country. Mm -hmm. And part of it was buried in the sea. Yep. She dives, she's a scuba diver. She yep. goes underneath the water to get it. Yep. What, you know, the product that they're about to sell. Yep. And the stepdad is furious. Lands his plane on the water because it has pontoons i guess it's like a either small plane or a helicopter i yeah. think it's a small plane yeah it has a good plane yeah she's coming up above water the stepmom can yeah. barely hear anything over the motors and he and harry is trying to warn her and say paula be careful yep stepdad ends up killing her mm -hmm. gene hackman survives but he's very hurt at the yeah. end of this movie yeah and that's basically where it ends. Wow. And you never find out what happens to his marriage. I realize that my explanation is a little bit confusing. That's okay. But I would encourage people to see this movie. I'd give it a, an eight. Um, I'd I give it, it really at least good. a strong seven. Yes. Yeah. What does this film teach us about the dangers of family? The dangers of family? Well, okay. I was a little bit confused because the mom said that Deli was acting out, and yep. he, he, now we know why. But the dad also says the the, the stepdad all um also said, "Well, I need I wanted to get out of here because I was foolish with her. I wasn't I didn't discipline her, but the mom didn't discipline her either, and we don't know about how her relationship with her her real father was." True. We don't know if he was good to her. We don't know if she just pondered off on Arlene, her her mother. We don't know if he pondered pawned her off on her stepfather. We don't know that. Yes. But clearly, both environments are not good. I like this movie. I recommend it. But I'm wondering for you, you enjoyed it, but not as much as I did. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend it to your family? And how would you sell it to them, if yes? Um, I normally wouldn't have to sell it to them. I okay. think they would like it. Um, initially, when I when we get introduced to Deli, I thought she was all. I thought she may just have had a rotten character, just because she was. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty clear that she didn't have any structure and any discipline. Yeah. And, you know, she already was asking how old Harry was because maybe she thought, oh, maybe maybe she could get involved with him. And he quickly said, I'm 40. I don't, you know, I don't do those, those things with, with kids. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't about to, um, he wasn't about to stop it, you know, to stop just to um, 
to be, be friends with her. He wanted he he was paid to uh, get the girl back to Arlene, but he he confronted Arlene and says, "I don't really like you, Mrs. Iverson, and that's why your daughter is like that." Oh, because you weren't you weren't a good mother to her. Nice. Ooh, I can I think I can smell the the food. Oh, nice. But it was um I think my family would probably like it. This movie makes me want to watch more Gene Hackman. And it makes me wish that he was still able to make movies. Because I know he's been in ill health for a while. I mean, he's still alive. I'm sorry. He didn't die yet. He might die by the time this is released. But maybe he's a, he was a great actor. Yes. I like Gene Hackman a lot. He's not my favorite actor. But I do think that he made some cool films. He was funny in Young Frankenstein, I will say that. Yeah, and he was good in Crimson Tide. Even though I didn't really like the conversation, I thought mm -hmm. that he was good in it. He was good in Get Shorty. He's he's good. I thought that you didn't watch the conversation. I did. did. I have a copy of it. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I just didn't like the movie as a whole. Oh. Okay. But he was good in it. And so was uh, Penny Marshall. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yeah, who played Laverne. Not in the conversation. No, who played Laverne and Laverne and Shirley. That's right, babes. Yes. Yep. J-Lo. Yep. We watched a documentary called Salesman. Yeah, this was this was different. Yes, it was. It was so, kind of different. I thought it was going to be a dark comedy. I thought it was going to be a movie. Yeah, exactly. I did too, yeah. But it was not. No, it was it was a um it was a 60s documentary about three men that were working for this Bible selling business which I thought I didn't, I didn't even know that they had them. They were selling Bibles like they sold like like how people sold encyclopedias. Mm -hmm. And it focused on these three men, one of them being Paul Brennan, which I wasn't sure what to think about this guy. Um, he seemed like the kind of <clears throat> guy that wanted to use this business to peddle, uh, Bibles just to get money out of people. It didn't seem like either of those guys wanted, uh, um, believed in their product and it didn't seem like they really cared about the families. All they wanted was money, money out of them. And in fact, um, they would try to cheapen the sale of it so that they can get more money like like oh would you want to pay it in six months yeah would you want to pay it in a year we'll even lower the price it just seemed like it was all peddling and even the guy that was in charge of the company was saying i'm tired of of being sick and tired of people making excuses not to sell this product we have a job to do and even the um one of the men that was speaking in chicago saying that you know, it's not about peddling Bibles. It's about uh, doing something for others and not making it a commercial thing. But it seemed like these three main guys, all they really cared about was the money. And and it's also if you're a Bible salesman, you have to tell yourself that, that you're, you're not peddling a product. Uh -huh. But it is, you are, because why would i and i know that their selling point was these bibles had really cool artwork in them yeah. but why on earth would somebody buy a bible when they can get one for free even back then oh yeah i mean and, and people were giving out bibles for free yeah they they could even go to a church and get um 
a Bible for free if they were available because they would want, um, you know, and they also used um, the argument that the Bible creates a good foundation. And I believe it does, but <laughs> they were focusing on the artwork and they were saying, hey, look at the pictures. I knew a lady that took a lot of solace in these pictures. Yeah. But I'm thinking if you wanted to sell that to a little kid, they would um, be more interested in the pictures and the words. And um, I think by then they were just so tired that they were going to do anything. They were going to sell it anyway to get money out of these people. And I felt kind of uneasy about that. Yeah, it was a very strange documentary. I think I liked it, though. I think I would give it at least a week seven. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't really like their tactic. But also, you can realize that there are people like this out there. Which, yeah. you, I know it's one of those things, we already knew that, but there's a difference between knowing it intellectually and actually seeing an example of it. Mm -hmm. You know. Because... I, it would be, I think, more effective if they actually did believe in their in in the product that they were selling. But even then. But even then, yeah, like, yeah. um, I mean, I remember when the lady was acting, asking, like, do I do I really need an entire library of these books? Yeah. And then she, this other lady was like, "Well, I already have a Bible, <laughs> and I don't really need another one." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was just like, I'm sorry, I just can't, I can't buy it right from you right now. I just can't do it. Does this movie make you want to watch anything else from these filmmakers? I'm not sure. This one was a little bit different, but I mean, there might be um, ones that were, that were even better than this one. And also, we went into it with the attitude that this is going to be a, like a movie movie, like a scripted thing. So it's possible if we had gone into it with the attitude of we're watching a documentary that's a little bit older, it would have been different. Like, okay, so I know you don't, you're not a Michael Moore fan. I know. But I think even you will agree he changed the way that documentary films were made because there wasn't really a lot of humor in documentaries before he did it. So I look at documentaries a lot like there's before and after Michael Moore. Mm -hmm. um, and this was definitely before. And that's not to say that it's bad. It's just to say that it's the pace of it is a lot different than something you would see in a modern documentary. Do you think that there were other funny documentary um, makers than Michael Moore? Because I don't know. You mean before Michael before Moore? Before Michael Moore. Yeah. I'm sure there must have been. But what you don't maybe realize just because you haven't studied film is it's not just about being funny. It's also being a big enough documentary to where you change the, the culture of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm sure there was, but they weren't as commercially successful. And when you draw as much publicity as Michael Moore did with Roger and me and with later films, you show people that you can change the landscape as opposed to just doing a documentary that gets watched at a couple of film festivals and basically disappears after that. 
That's why he's so important to documentary filmmaking. And and also bad, because a lot of people do a bad version of Michael Moore, too. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Huh. Yes. Would you recommend this to your family? Um, I don't know. They might like it. Oh. I don't. I don't know. Yes. I, I. I'm not sure if they would like it. To tell you the truth, because they're God fearing folk. Well, not every one of them are. But, oh. Oh my goodness. Okay. At least they're not practicing it. Oh. Um. I'm. I don't know what they would think about this one. I mean, I kind of liked it, but I kind of didn't. Yeah. That makes any sense. I feel the same way. I was kind of. I was. I was. Uh. I mean, there were things I liked about it, but there were things I didn't like about it. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I agree, babes. Yeah. Yes. It's a it's a tricky one, this movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's funny. I'm thinking of them as characters, but they're not. They're actually real men that were doing this. Yeah. And one question that I normally would ask you is, what impact do you think this film had on their lives? But it's almost irrelevant because documentaries weren't as popular back in the 60s. So I do have the feeling that this film probably played in some art houses, but that these men didn't face any real pushback because it wasn't a commercial success yeah. the way we think of documentaries now. Yeah, because when I look at this um, being somebody, uh, an adult in 2022, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this these people really conned um conned the families that they were um, trying to sell these Bibles to, especially when they would say, oh, we're from the church. Yeah. But, but they weren't. In a sense, they're also conning themselves mm -hmm. because, you know, early on in the film, they're listening to a speaker talk about why they're doing this and it's not just to sell a product, it's to help people. Yeah. But these guys know that that's not the case. But they also know they're also rather going into a business that doesn't seem like it would be a success because anybody can get a free Bible. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I had the, I thought that the speaker real, I mean, this is just my opinion. I thought that that speaker really did, really was passionate about selling these Bibles, but I don't think that they hired the right people to sell them. I think he was too, but I think it's also because he's lying to himself. You think so? Yeah, because you don't need to sell a Bible. If you're going to be a salesman, you could sell something else like, you know, food franchises or cigarettes or, you know what I mean? But also, yeah. it, it, and if your goal is to help people and to be a good Christian, well, why not do something else with the church? That is true. I mean, a lot of churches do um, serve food for free to the homeless community. They do um, the Gideons. Have you, have you read about the Gideons? No. They've been a group that have been giving out free Bibles for a long time. And that they were in, I think they were the ones who put Bibles in hotel rooms. Okay. Or you could also become a psychologist and provide, you know, therapy through the lens of Christianity, whatever that would have looked yeah, like there, back there in the are, 50s. Um, there are Christian therapists right. out there. So yeah. I'm just saying that's why I think they're not conning just the people that they're trying to sell to. They're also in a way getting one, one over on them, on themselves. That, that, that could be true. And, and I, and that's probably why the Bible selling business um, probably uh, went out like that. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably still somebody today trying to do um, it. I mean, there are Christian bookstores, but I don't even know how good they're doing now. I don't know. I used to go to one to get free candy. <sighs> That's all. Yeah. Uh, we that... call it Christian candy. Oh, my god. We would. We would. Was it chocolate? 
No, it was like these breath mints. Oh, really? So I think I told you this. Me and a friend of mine back in the day, we would, I like maybe 2001-ish, mm-hmm. we would get together and go to malls to get the free samples. Oh and there was this Christian bookstore. I want to say it was in the Pioneer Square Mall that had these like refreshment candies that we'd go to. So they would be like breath mints. Yeah. Okay, so um, J.C. Penny, and I think there's still some J.C. Pennies um that are still around. Very few, if any. But they had um, occasionally they would have something called the sweet sale on Saturdays, and I knew that um, what they would do is like I think they I think they were targeting women. Okay. Because a lot of women like to shop, right? Not everybody, but they were targeting women, and they would say, "Oh, and for the sweet sale, you can get a free chocolate bar." <laughs> I was just reminding me of that. Nice. It was pretty enticing. Oh, good. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go to the sweet sale just to get a chocolate bar, but I just <laughs> thought it was kind of clever. Nice, nice. They were telling a story about a Bible salesman in the McDonald's book that I'm reading right now. Oh, the, are you talking about the Jewish lady? Yeah. And she goes up to the office. Ray Kroc's secretary, June Martino, saw her. And listened to her story and thought it was so interesting that a Jewish woman would be selling a Catholic Bible that she introduced him to some people in the office. And her and her husband, the lady who was selling the Bibles, ended up starting a McDonald's and making a lot of bank out off of it. So the, so she decided to go in and sell um, to a franchise McDonald's. To, well, she started selling hamburgers instead. Mm. Yeah. I wonder who got the... Uh, the uh, great idea of putting uh, pancakes in there. I don't know. Cakes. I don't know. But, you know, she was able to sell these biblical beef patties. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Heavenly hamburgers. Oh, my goodness. Bubs. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> well, babes. Yeah? I know you want to get a snack. I, I, sir, I was actually thinking about that, Bubs. Is there anything else you want to say? Um... No, I um No, I don't think so. I uh, I could talk about this tomorrow, but there was something I was going to talk about but oh, tomorrow. Was it about me? No, it wasn't about you. Oh, was somebody did you wrong? No, I I thought I had a dream last night and I don't remember what it is now. Oh, I think okay. it did involve you, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, if you can't remember then we can't talk about it. No, I I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay, babes. All right, give me a kiss. Okay. And we'll wrap it up. Oh my. Okay. Bubs, right. would you stop Give making me a real these, kiss, babe. Stop distracting me All with right. those weird right, noises. Bye, babes. Okay. Bye, bye for now. Bye, bye.